Grace and peace, brothers and sisters in Christ. Great to see each and every one of you here this morning, our visitors as well. This last week, this past week, I've gotten to speak Portuguese over the last few days. Had a couple from the northeastern part of Brazil that was with us on Friday. Michael and Tachi got with here yet, uh, out here yesterday and are here with us today also. So hopefully I'll try to just stay in English this morning for you all. But I have been speaking Portuguese a lot, so some word or another may come out as well. But isn't it amazing, this great and awesome God that we serve? We just sang a song, I stand amazed in the presence of God. How marvelous a thought that is, how wonderful a thought that is. You know, when we were singing earlier, there's a song that Chris started out with, or How Great Thou Art. Man, I love that song. And you know, there's one part of that song there, every time, I remember since, since I was converted, when I first heard this song, I would play it on the radio all the time, or, you know, on the stereo, with the cassette tape. Because I had the cassette tape. I still got the cassette tape age, okay? Put it in, and I was listening to it. And when it gets to that part when it says, you know, God's, the, his, when God's voice comes, the birds hush their singing. Oh, man, that's just so beautiful. Because I always think and I always picture early in the morning, you know, when you wake up, and it's still kind of quiet. And you can hear the birds out there singing, chirping, and hear that beautiful noise. And to think how beautiful that is. But when God's voice comes through there, they hush their singing because they want to hear God's voice. Isn't God's voice beautiful? To think of it, to be, uh, to be that awesome, to be in his presence, to hear him, that is truly amazing. You know, we use that phrase a lot, that is amazing. You know, a lot of times when you go to a movie or something, when people come, up, people come out of it, they ask, how was that movie? Oh, that movie was amazing. It was so awesome. It was so cool because it did something I didn't expect it to do or something to happen. Or, wow, that was amazing, something that happened. All of those kinds of things, and we talk about it, and we say, that's why we liked it, and that's what drew our attention. It was something, it was a surprise, but it was something different, something that called our attention, something that kept our attention, okay? And that's why they say it's amazing. Now, if we think about it, we've heard of things like the amazing Spider-Man, okay? We hear that, you know? How many movies have been made and now has the amazing Spider-Man also? Not only that, the amazing race. People are using this word to want to, to ca- capture something. Of course, they're on the TV, they want to call it because they want you to go and say, what makes it so amazing, right? What makes it so appealing? What is it that's going to captivate us about that that's happening, that's what's going on? In fact, okay, just the word amazing is pretty, in, is pretty neat. If you see here on the bottom, this little blue part, it's a chart of the word used since 1800 of how many times we usually use amazing. You see it was used a lot in 1800, went down in the early 20th century and mid 21st, way up there, then took another dip. And then in 2010, the word amazing has been used more than ever. Okay, so it's a word that has captured people's attention. People try to describe something, define something. But there's something even more amazing that we have. The word of God. Just as we said earlier, the, bird, the birds hush their singing when they hear God walking, when they hear his voice. That's truly amazing. And we do it in our songs and we sing about it. We sing, how great thou art. And we sing songs like this, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Not only that, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, as we just sang. Thinking about who he is. And later on, I stand in awe of you. You are beautiful beyond description. Something so great, so awesome. 
that words cannot explain it. First Peter chapter 1 it says, we have an unexplainable, indescribable joy. You know what that means? Words can't define all that we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But when we try to explain, when we try to talk about him, trying to tell about his love and what he has done for us, it is amazing. Now I want you to know, I think the theme of my lesson this morning probably has to do with the word amazing, right? Okay. But I want you to know that over these last couple of quarters, we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. We've been talking today, starting in Philippians in our Bible classes. And I'm glad to see the Bible school teachers, all of us and me included. We all survived our first one in Philippians together. Thank you. Praise God. Okay. And not only that, but on, on Wednesdays, I'll be doing First Thessalonians. So a lot of these verses come today is going to be coming from all of that together. Okay. Because it just stuck in my heart. Lord put the Lord uh, looking at this put these things in my heart and I want to just share with you today why I believe God is so amazing why we can tell the word Jesus is so amazing we look in Matthew chapter 7 as it says here in verse 28 it says when Jesus had finished saying these things the sermon on the mount the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he spoke one as one who had authority as one who had power and not the scribes and not the Pharisees the teachers of the law Now, I want us just to think about that just for a little moment. Think about the things that Jesus said when he's on the Sermon on the Mount, talking about the Beatitudes, talking about loving your neighbor, talking about praying for your enemy. And all of these things Jesus is talking. And then when he says these things, he says things like this. You have heard that it was said, but I say unto you, right? We can start to see that Jesus is starting to bring people up to a higher calling, a higher thought of where we should be, actually, like Tim says and others. The bar is up here. We're the ones who have gone down. But we want to get back up to what God's divine will, God's divine command wants us to be. Okay? So he says, you have heard, but I say unto you. And he says, Lord, Lord, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Who? Jesus is saying, I will. Okay? And not only that, he'll go on to say this here. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus, over and over again, is starting to call to himself to look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the, I'm going, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. And above all, as it says here, and all of these things that we're talking about, that Jesus, the people, were amazed with him. Because he didn't teach as the teachers of the law. One, because he was the son of man, the son of God. Amen. But two, the second one, he practiced what he preached to the very end. Amen. When you look in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is not calling us to something that he did not do himself and gave his life as a ransom for many. Isn't it a great amazing thought to think of what Jesus has done for us? When the crowd says it, says that they were amazed, that they were astonished at his teaching. They heard those things. And Jesus is saying, I want you to put those things into your heart. And I don't want it just to be a good teaching that you heard, but I want it to transform your life, right? For the word of God is living and inactive, as Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says. The word of God transforms us, Romans chapter 12. The word of God is useful for teaching, correcting, and training in all righteousness in 1 Timothy chapter 3, talking about the great inspired word of God that we have. 
Do we stand amazed today at the Word of God just as they were amazed at Jesus' teaching at that time? You know, the other day we were watching a movie, you know, and you see those scenes a lot of times of the Gospel of Jesus or the Gospel of Mark, Gospel of Luke. And you see those moments when Jesus performed those miracles. And you see when Jesus loved people and you get a little bit, those little hairs on you, right? Say, man, wouldn't it have been great to be there, to be at that moment, to see those things happen? You know what, though? The most amazing thing is Jesus says, with all of those things that happened, I want you to know who I am. I want you to realize who I am. Thomas is going to say, show us the Father. And Jesus says, if you look to me, you've seen the Father. So I only say the words of my Father who's in heaven. And Jesus says, I'm going to send the Comforter. And when I send the Comforter, he will teach you all things. God's word that we have. But I want us to know one thing very important. When we see that the word of God that we have is amazing, it should be active in our lives. It should be seen in our lives. It should be when people see us, why do you do what you do? Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. How the people there receive the word of God. When Paul goes there from Macedonia, uh, from Philippi, he'll go to there. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. God's word at work in you. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. Amen. At work in you who believe. God's work Word is at work in us. It's transforming us. It's allowing us to be more like God. It's allowing us, as it says, to understand His commands, to love our enemies, to pray for our enemies, to love our neighbors. And it's calling us to say, you know what? I've got areas in my life I've got to change. When you have the Sermon on the Mount, I know how Tim titles it there with the the Jovents, okay? Teenagers, okay? I dare you to. And we talked about it. I challenge you. Because in all of those things that Jesus is saying, he's saying, I want these words to be life to you. I want these words to mean something to you. Don't just look at them and say they're amazing. Jesus said, put them into practice. And that way, whenever what comes in this world comes, we'll be founded on the rock of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his word. Amen. We want him. We want Jesus. We want him. And as it says here, Paul says to the church there in Thessalonians, man, you accepted the word of God as it is. It's his. And you know what happened? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, when Paul is talking to the church in 1 Thessalonians, he'll say this here. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we loved you among you for your sake. And you know what happened? Because the word of God was living and active in their lives. It says that the message rang out for all of Macedonia and all of Achaia and all over the world. Because they believed that that message was from God's word. It was God's word. And not only that, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the one true and living and serving God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. What an awesome thought. God's word at work in you. Have you ever thought of anybody or have you ever seen anybody? Have you ever known anybody you thought, that person is never going to change. That person is mean. That person is all of these things. He has no way that that person can change. 
Have you ever seen any person like that come to Christ? And you go, what happened to him? What made the difference? It was the gospel message. It was the word of God that transformed, that changed the life of those persons. Of myself as well included. The way I was before and the way I was after. Because of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and because his God, his word is living, it is active and it is working in us. You know, it's one of the greatest privileges that we have is to tell somebody about Jesus, to let them know the great, great Jesus, what he came for, for, for to save us from our sins and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this gospel that was preached unto you, as first Peter chapter one, verse 12 says, it was revealed. Okay, Tim. Hey, I had to use something in Peter. Okay. Got to keep it going. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Look what he says. You have, we have received the word of God. We have received the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it says that all of those prophets and all of those times, looking at those times and circumstances, when the Christ will come and when the joys that would come after his sorrows, after his suffering, And he's saying all of that happened for you and me who are here today to understand that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus came to make us different. Jesus came to challenge us. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said that to us. Now, I want you to think about that. And want me to think about that as well. All of us, the gospel preached to us. Isn't it amazing? I know that I remember one time when I was in St. Louis. Okay, it's a long time ago. They have a St. Louis internship program there. I wasn't in the program, but I went there that weekend to be with them. And we went into a house of some people there, and they started the Bible study. And there were people there, 18 years old, 15 years old, 34 years old, any other ages, okay? And most of them, It was the very first time they had ever opened the Bible. Isn't that awesome? Do you remember the first time you opened the Bible? Now, if you grew up in church, praise God, because you had it since you were there. Or maybe if you grew up in church, do you remember that time you said, Hey, I I really want to know about this God I've heard about, and I want to take him and make him my God, really, truly. I remember that day for myself as well. When I was in college, in my dorm room with a little Bible, I said, You know what? I'm going to... Pick it up and read it. And I read a little bit, and I would read a little bit, then I'd stop. Okay? But God started working from that very point forward to change my life. I want you to think about it. I remember in Brazil, okay? Michael and Tachi, I believe they know Elena. Some of you who who are here who have been to Brazil have been to Elena's house. The last time we were there, she had some leg surgery. And we know that from her previous way of life in the witchcraft, in the spiritism. And when just perchance, Mary Mary went there. Mary's a a sister in Christ from the church in Zona Sul. Isn't it great? Women, I'm glad that you go to have pedicures and manicures. You know what? I I actually had one done from from my hands one time also, okay? But I want you to know what? You know what happened? That pedicure... God used it. Elena was there doing the pedigree for Mary, talking about looking for God. And she said, do you want to study the Bible? She said, yes, I do. 
Went there to her house, Josue. She opened the Bible up for the first time in the Gospel of Mark, began to read it, began to be taught about the Word of God. And you know what happened at that moment? She started crying. Crying. Why? She was amazed. Because all her life she was in these other religions. And she said, while I was in these other religions, Mark, I always was praying, God, reveal who you truly are. Because I don't see you in these things, but this is what I have. And when she opened up the Word of God, she began to read the Gospel of Mark, and she began to cry. She understood that this Bible, this Word, was different than any other Word. And today she is in Christ. Her daughters are in Christ. Her son-in-law is in Christ. And she's a vital part of the congregation there in Zona Sul, as well as every member. I want you to know, and I want you to know, here in Dangerfield, there are people who may have a Bible, but have never opened it to say, I want God, I want to be amazed with it. And he's called us to let them know, you know what, you can be amazed with the word of God. I grew up in Tennessee. Grew up in Nashville. Lots of churches, right? Lots of things. Never went, never had any that opportunity most of the time. But when I began to open God's word, it started to change my life. There's people here. There's people in Ghana. There's people in Brazil. Everywhere. That are God-fearing people like we looked at this morning in Philippians, in Acts. That are looking and searching. And God is calling us to go to them. And let them know that the word of God is amazing. The gospel is amazing. Amen, Deborah. The word of God is amazing. The amazing good news of Jesus. When we think of two other people that are in the Bible that we're talking about, I want us to look at the power of the good news. In Acts chapter 8, or in Acts chapter 8, when Paul goes to the, not when Paul, but when Philip and them are in the persecution, and they go, and everywhere they go, they continue to preach the word of God. And he goes into these cities of Samaria, and people see the miracles that are happening The people are being healed from their diseases and they are astonished and they're amazed at all of those things that are happening. It says in Acts chapter 8 verse 11, they followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his social. Okay, let me, me, I got to go back here just a minute, okay? Let's go to Acts chapter 8 together because we want to make sure we get it straight here all together. Acts chapter 8 for us to see this and see how the word of God is great and awesome and powerful as we just said. Acts chapter 8 says in verse 6, When the crowds heard Philip and the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For this sh- the, with shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now, for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city, amazed all the people of Samaria. They boasted he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. All the things that Simon was doing, deceiving them, amazing them with his sorcery, all of those great things. But when Philip comes and the things that he's doing are greater than those, it says, when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news 
of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. I want us to think of the point here was not the signs and the miracles, but who were they pointing to? Jesus Christ. Amen. All of those signs and all those miracles, as it says in Hebrews chapter 1, to confirm the gospel of our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. And Philip said, hey, those are good, but I want you to know this Jesus. Now I want you to know, and it says they believed him, and you know what that means? They were more amazed with this great and awesome God. And they were more amazed with the preaching of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ, and it says men and women were baptized into him. Satan's going to use a lot of things in this world, and he's going to say it's amazing. He's going to use the pleasures of this world, and he says that's, what's, that's amazing. And he's going, to make, he's going to try to deceive us, to say the things of this world are better than the things of God. Be careful. God is amazing. Gave his son, sent his son to give us life. The power of the good news is all of those who were amazed at that sorcery said, we don't want it anymore. We want this Jesus who Philip is proclaiming. The message is much more important. You know, how can we say and how can we put this into our lives today? Do you know people where God has blessed their lives? People who perhaps are not even following Christ, but they, you can see that God has blessed their life. Man, God has blessed me in this and that. But we need to let them know the message of Christ. We can't forget to tell the message of Christ. Praise God that you see the God's blessings and things happening. But there's something much more than just those blessings that you received. Who did you receive them from? James chapter 1 says, don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Any gift, any good and perfect gift comes from our God and Father who is in heaven. Who does not change like shifting shadows? Amen. We have a God that does not change. He's all powerful and he gives good gifts. And God is saying, I want you to look to me. The power of the good news. Not only that, look in Acts chapter 8. When we talk about the Philip, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, the treasurer of Candace, when he's going back home, what's happened? He's in, in his carriage and he's reading the scriptures and he's reading Isaiah 53. And he's saying, who's this about? In the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit comes to Peter, uh, comes to Philip and says, go to that chariot. Chariot, he gets there in Acts chapter 8, verse 30 and says, Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man quoting from Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come and sit with me. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a slam before his shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from this earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Amen. Began with that very passage of Scripture. He began to talk about Jesus. When we open up God's Word, when we see the amazing Word of God, it's wanting us to point us to Jesus. The Old Testament, all the prophecies are to call and lead us to Jesus. The Old Testament, not only the prophecies, but all the offerings, the sin offering, the burnt offering, all of those are examples or symbols to lead us to Jesus. And when we read the New Testament, it's called us to lead us to who? To Jesus. Jesus is the focal point. 
And look what it says. When, the Ethiop- when Philip began to tell him and teach him the word of God, he told him about Jesus. And as they're going along, they stop and he says, here's some water. What keeps me from being baptized? He says, you can if you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is Lord. And he says that him and Philip went down into the water and he was baptized. And what happened? Philip went on his way. And the eunuch went on what? Rejoice. Because he was saved. Brothers and sisters, we should be amazed how God works. God brought Philip and that eunuch together. God brings us together with people each and every day. And that eunuch says, how should I know if nobody explains it or nobody teaches it to me? That's why we, as the people of God, are called to get into God's word. To deep, dig deep into God's word. To grow in God's word. So that we may be able to give an answer for the hope that we have. I'm using Peter again, okay, Tim? <laughs> so that we may have an answer for the hope that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to leave and lead people to Jesus. And we can do it. But we got to have that amazement for the word of God. The gospel that we received. May it never grow old. May it never get just another reading of the scripture, but something that changes us, something that transforms us. You know what? The teaching of the God, the teaching of the word of God is what all of us need to be about in some way or another, teaching it with our lives. That way, when people ask, why do you do what you do? You can tell them, teaching it, talking to them, dialoguing, talking about the word of God. Mike was talking about a way that they've been studying the Bible with people lately with just two questions, right? Who, what does these verses say about God? And who does it say? Oh, I, I don't know. I can't remember the other one. Okay, but that's one of the questions. Okay. But who do they say about God? And what does God want to, me to do with it? Okay, with those verses. Allow God's word to talk. Allow God's word to work. We're called to sow. We're called to plant. We're called, called to water. And it's God that's going to give the increase. Amen. We don't have to worry about the numbers. We all have to worry about, we all have to be concerned about getting the gospel message out. We sing sometimes the Macedonian call, go send the light. Okay? And we are called to send the light to those around us. But not only that, again and again, may we never lose our amazement for the word of God and its teachings, the doctrines of Christ. Look in Acts chapter 13, when we look at that and talk about this moment. There's another sorcerer, okay? We understand about Simon. You know, he saw later on about those miracles being held by the hands of Peter and John. And so he says, hey, I want to buy that gift. And Peter says, your heart's full of greed, full of, uh, of evil, wickedness. Repent of this. And he says, please pray for me that none of these things happen that you said were going to happen. And so we pray for him. But I want us to look at this verse here also today when we're talking about the greatness of God. Look what it says here, Paul. Another instance with another sorcerer says this in Acts chapter 14, verse 14. When the apostles Barnabas and Saul went to, went to the city, okay, in these verses here, in Acts chapter, okay, that's why I was looking at it and it went right. I was in the wrong chapter. <laughs> Acts chapter 13, verse 8. Alemus the sorcerer, for that was his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. 
Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time and, are, un, and not even able to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Amazed at what? The teaching about the Lord. Paul and them were telling him about the Lord. Simon, this, not Elimus here, the sorcerer, tried to stop them from hearing the word of God. And he says, get out of our way. The God of word, the God's word is power, more powerful than your word. Amen. God's word is the ultimate word in every, in, in every circumstance, in every time, in every moment, in every moment of our lives. I want us to think about it. This God that we have is amazing because he gave us his word. And what I'm trying to say for me, for Mark, when I read the Sermon on the Mount, can I read it? Just sitting there thinking of Jesus talking about it. Putting myself in that place at that time, at that moment. When I read about Elijah and the prophets of Baal, could I just put myself there and see that happening? When I read about Moses opening the Red Sea, can I just put myself there and read about it, right? Isn't that what books are about? The call to draw us in, to call our attention, to have us read those things, to make us feel those things. Is that not what movies are about? They want us to feel something. They want us to know something. God's word is God's love story to each and every one of us. That he loved us enough to send his son, Jesus Christ. And you know what that means for you and me? That we should be in awe of God. If God is so amazing, if he is so powerful, so strong, what should we do with it? What should we do with it, Ronald? We should love it. We should get into it. We should want it more and more each and every day of our lives. Brother Luis, Gio Luis, who accepted offerings to other gods at a time, but who now is in Christ Jesus, understood the power of God and his word. And especially at these times of year, not as much here, but in there, there's people who still try to come and tell them, you know what? I want you still to do these offerings to other gods. And you know what he tells them? No. Is it struggle? Yes. And he asks for prayers for each and every one of us. And I ask your prayers for him now because at this time of year with Carnival, Easter, and these kinds of things, come lots of different kinds of sacrifices in the area that we lived in. And may he continue to be strong and say No. This God that I have in his word is sufficient. It's all powerful. I'm not going to do those things. And he hasn't. Praise God for that. But of all of those things, Philippians chapter 2, okay? Philippians chapter 2, talking about our Jesus, says these words here. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 6. Talking about Jesus. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to be used to his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Christ is Lord to the glory of the God the Father. Are we in all of that? Jesus left heaven, left his intimate relationship with the Lord to come and be among us. To live among us. To see everything that's bad about us. But in him we got to see everything that's good. About his love for each and every one of us. When he gave his life on the cross for each and every one of us. But what does that mean to us? Why is that so important? Why is that beautiful picture of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 told? You know why? Look what it says. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Right? Who being in the very nature God. Our mindset is to be like Jesus. Now, we can't be like Jesus if we're not amazed of Him and His awesome Word. This morning, be amazed by the Word of God. Be amazed by the transformation that's made in your lives. And be amazed that that gospel word and that gospel message is still being sent out on land and in sea and all of those different places so that other people may have the opportunity to hear this great An awesome gospel that is amazing. That is far better than anything else that's ever been and ever will be. And just like Jesus said earlier, as he said, put those things into practice. Make them part of your life. When you look at there, the end of Matthew chapter 7, and you read there, it says that they were all astonished. They were all amazed by his teaching. Because he did not speak as one of the teachers of the law, but as somebody who had authority and power. Look at Jesus. Look at his word. Look at what he's done for us. May we find great joy in that. May we find great joy in that each and every day. I like to call Chris Ford already. Continue sitting down, please. Okay. But I just want us to think a little bit more as we sang this morning. Oh, Lord, my God, how great thou art. Oh, how great thou art. Oh, Lord, my God. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus, I stand amazed and we stand amazed in you because of who you are and what you've done for each and every one of us. I want you to know that this morning, God's word, his love story is meant for all of us that are here. If you are not in Christ... We pray that the message you hear from God's word is that Jesus loves you, that God loves you, that the good news is that you can be saved from your sins, just as those that we talked about this morning, those that were baptized, both men and women, into Christ because they heard the teaching of Philip. Both the eunuch, when he was reading the Bible and said, what's it all about? And he says, it's about Jesus and the teaching, his teachings. And also when we get to the church in Thessalonica, and I want you to think about it, when I'm preaching this morning, I'm not trying to preach myself, but God's word. And may God's word penetrate your heart, not Mark's word, but God's word penetrate your heart. This morning, 
I want you to see that Jesus loves you. This morning, as just as it says in this, the attitude of Christ can be extended in each and every one of us. But when we read those words of Jesus and what he did for us, is he truly beyond description? You are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension. I think I'm saying the words right. Okay. But I want Chris to come up. And we're going to stand this song and we're going to extend the invitation. As we extend the invitation, if you think and you sing, wow, God is amazing and his word is amazing. We want you to respond to his message. If you're in Christ and you think, I haven't found God's word as amazing as I should. And I have not been feeling the joy and I've not been getting into the word like I want. And you want the prayers of this congregation. We want to pray for you. Man, Simon said, pray for me, Peter. Pray for me because I missed it a little bit. Man, sometimes we give our lives to the Lord and we let things of this world get us back and, call, and our hearts get wicked again. But Philip, is, is just as he said, and this is what we're thinking today, if you feel that your heart's been wicked, we want to pray for you. Because we know that the outcome of those who are in Christ is heaven. So as we sing this song, remain seated until we get to the part that it says, and I stand in awe, and then let's all stand together. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D F I E L D. C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol dot com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 818- West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.